Welcome to Makers Chat, a podcast community for creatives. I'm your host, Danielle Kaminsky, artist, maker, and educator from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Join me as we share our stories and explore the topics that are most important to creative entrepreneurs and makers. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Makers Chat. Super excited today because we are talking with Anissa Perry of Anissa Marie Collective, and I'm super excited. Hey, Anissa. Hey, Danielle. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So for those of you who aren't as familiar with me on my pages, I talk about Anissa's work a lot. I really, really love her style. I love her products. I've been in her membership group. It's just awesome. And she is part of a new venture that is happening here in like as this is coming out, this is happening right now in the next week, two weeks, that kind of thing. Um, So Anissa, if you don't mind, just tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do and what you have going on right now. Okay. So, um, oh gosh, there's just so many things, which, you know, is why we have it collective now, instead of just like, just one thing is I've got, you know, my art, furniture, canvas, and then I wanted to bring in, you know, the decoupage paper of my art. So then we started that bubblegum yum, um, company. So it includes now the bubblegum yum. And then as of recently, we have, um, started a neon, um, paint company, And, you know, it's just starting out with the neons, but it is going to be released here soon. And it's chalk and clay paint um, combination. And it is based off the colors I have used for years (laughs) and now finally have my own um, and I can use them in the ways that I've needed to instead of kind of, you know, rigging the acrylics that you can get like the very bright colors, but, you know. I've been mixing them in waxes and doing all these other things to try to make it work. But now we actually get to use it as our chalk and clay paint. And it's been really fun. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. I can't wait. So we're going to be retailing that here at the shop. And I'm like, I'm pumped. I can't wait to get my hands on it. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. So soon. So soon. I know. <laughs> so, um, so has art always been your plan i mean i I know the answer for that but tell our tell our audience was was i don't think i've ever had a plan in my life (laughs) (laughs) no art has always been in my background i've always enjoyed it um i never in my life realized it could be something that that could um feed my babies and i and that i could live off of um never in your wildest dreams you know you think you grow up maybe you're going to be an artist, you're going to go teach or something, you know, in middle school and (laughs) go to little fairs, you know, in your spare time. But never um, would you think that this kind of thing was possible. Of course, internet, you know, wasn't like this when I was, even in college, it wasn't like this. So we have the internet to thank for all of that. I know, right? It made, it made small businesses. It helped really helped us be able to reach more people. Absolutely. Yep. So for better or worse, people complain all the time. And I'm like, yeah, well, just imagine where you would be without it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that that's exciting. Um, what did you so what did you think you would do before you got into art and you're doing all of these amazing things? What direction did you think you were going in? Well, my mom's an advisor um, at K-State University, and she was all just very much just get your degree, just get a degree. And so I bounced around, you know, I'm like, oh, I like this. I like that. And then I would leave for a year and go find myself in Colorado. And (laughs) but what I always kind of came back to was the classes I enjoyed were more like um, juvenile delinquency kind of thing and children. So my degree is in family childhood studies, but my specialty was in juvenile delinquency. And so I really wanted to be like, you know, a probation officer or something like that for little kids that have kind of been lost in the system that, you know, people just think they're trouble kids and they're not trouble kids. They just have no one to lead them in the right direction or give them the attention they need. That's what I wanted to do. But then I started having kids myself and wanted to be around other people's kids less and then and you get to a point where some of these kids you know can be quite aggressive and I was just a little worried like what if something does happen to me and I've got these other kids growing up without a mom because I'm trying to help other people's kids so I just kind of like well I'll think about that for a while and just started painting yeah that's awesome at some point I would like to get back to where I can help them but in a different kind of way yeah. And I bet there would be a lot of opportunities for that. 
Yeah. I think so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I've always, um, I've always enjoyed that kind of thing too. Actually. Yeah. Have you? Um, my, my minor was in family studies. And when I first okay. started in a career, I worked for a family court attorney and then I worked as a victim advocate. And that was kind of, That's that awesome. was, that yep. was me too. So like, I, I totally get that. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you did start your business full time, what what is your favorite thing about it? I mean, I feel it's probably the same as everybody's. Is it the actual painting? Creating. <laughs> yeah. Painting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the rest of it can go. But <laughs> I guess the more uh, creating um, and I think probably the teaching part of it, um, I love and the the relationships that we have formed through all yeah. of it. You know, it's like I'm not in, in person here, like in Spring Hill, Kansas, or wherever I go. Um, I've always been able to make friends easily. But the older I get and and the more I move, like I've moved in this neighborhood, it's just I can't make the friends. Like, who, you know, that nobody wants to be around, you know, or everybody's formed these cliques. The women have for, formed them already at my age and you move in somewhere and it's like, okay, well, I can't make friends, but I can't imagine how lonely I would feel in this situation if I didn't have my online people. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, you know yeah. what? I don't need to drink beers with you at the end of your driveway. You guys can talk about me all day long. <laughs> I, I'm going to yeah. go do a live and feel good. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to find my people. I yeah. have people that love me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. And then the older we get, like the people yeah. that we were, did you grow? So where you are now, the area that you're in, is that where you grew up? Nope. Um, nope. I moved from, I live in Manhattan, Kansas. I grew up there. Okay. Yeah, I'm just out in the country, like Keats, technically. I will just die if anyone knows what that is. Um, but we have, um, I moved, I jumped around a bit. We were in Nebraska for a very short term, a couple of years. And then I needed to get back closer to Kansas City. I have my twin sister and she was in South Overland Park outside of Kansas City. And so I wanted to locate myself, something that was more country. I never got into like the whole city stuff. And so we moved to a little town called Payola and had a little country home. I got divorced and then moved somewhat closer between, because it was like, 35 minutes or so to my sister's house. So I moved halfway between Paola and my sister's house in a little um, city called Spring Hill. Okay. And it's cute. It's little, but I am residential now, which is just killing me. So I need to get back out. You know, so hard to find a home to buy. Um, it was yeah. middle of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just going, going, going. I was so lucky to even find this home. Yeah. I had to fight a lot of people out for it, but I got it. So. Yes. I have family members that are in the middle of moving and it is definitely, it is not the best time to be having to hunt for a place to live. That it's is for not. sure. Nope. Nope. Uh, be a great time to sell and live in a trailer. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> and then buy again when everything, you know, exactly. that's right. Uh -huh. Yep. You can swing it. That would be ideal. <laughs> but Oh, that's really cool. So your sister's nearby. So how far are you from, are you close? You're close to your family, right? Yeah. Especially I'm, I'm close to everyone in my family, but my, my twin and I were like, yeah, you know, we're twins. Yeah. An extension of ourselves, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we all have enough kids now between the two of us, we've got seven kids. So it's, uh, it's a lot. It's not like we're getting together every day, you know, and it's just, it's a lot of little kids. So yeah, we see each other once a week, maybe. Okay. That's cool though. But we talk five times a day at least. I don't know. We have to <laughs> diagnose each other's kids and things like that all the time. So you know how that is. Send a picture. Can you tell me what this is? Should I go to the doctor? Wait, yeah. No, I got this. <laughs> and she's an artist too, right? Yeah, she is. So she actually went to art school. Um, she went to Kansas City Art Institute and I had gotten accepted in there. And I was about ready to make the switch from K-State to there. And then I just decided I didn't want to do anything my sister was doing. And then she ended up going to Colorado Art Institute and get, and get finishing her degree there. And it's in industrial design. So she's okay. actually a product designer and just makes and creates things and a different yeah. level. So did you guys grow up doing a lot of creative stuff as kids? We did. Um, like summers were spent in, you know, 
and making ceramics and things like that. My mom put us in everything we could, you know, ever want. That would keep us. We were very ornery twins. We were a little wild. Um, I think we were a lot to handle. My mom went back to college after she had the kids. Um, and, you know, so she got her degree and then she went in to get her master's. So for a long time there, mom was really busy. So I can imagine looking back, she's trying to think of anything to get our minds, you know, and creating and making things. And art was always like our, our go-to. Yeah. Yeah. And if I recall correctly from another podcast you were on, entrepreneurship is a part of your family as well, right? Um, yeah, my dad, you know, um, has his own business. And so I grew up kind of working with him on the, on the job sites and stuff like that. It's just, you know, he's a carpenter, but then turned into like the big, you know, boss man and builds these incredibly amazing homes in Manhattan. That's cool. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I had, I had two sets of grandparents. Well, I had a grandparent on each side of my family that had their own business. Yeah. So like we got put to work sweeping floors yes. and, you know, doing all the, the background stuff. But it's yeah. like, you know, I never realized until we started, started having my own business that it was like, oh, that, that was good stuff to like see on the front end. Because I think most people have that really unrealistic idea of what it is to run a business. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, my dad, when we were growing up, he wasn't making these beautiful homes he's making now. Now, we used to spend the weekends, like our fun thing to do is to get an ice cream cone, drive around and look at all of the um, rich homes, you know. And looking back, I think dad was looking at what he wanted to build someday. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and of course, he's building homes way nicer than those now, and which is just really cool. But also, my dad, so my dad would be doing like apartment complexes. So we would spend our time, like I would get grounded. And I think they were making me get grounded. Looking back, I was a little naughty. I did some things a little bit bad. But <laughs> when we get grounded, we go and like, I had to spend the summer with dad on the construction site sometimes. And, you know, we're putting in decks. I'm hauling lumber back and forth and it's 105. And, you know, it's like, it was it was dirt work. <laughs> and, Hard, dirty uh, work. Yeah. Yeah. Apartment complexes. We had to go in and in the closets, you have all the, the wire framing. And we yeah. have to put each of those little ones in and all the doorknobs. My fingers would bleed at the end of the day. It was awful. And we have to get up the next day. You sleep on the apartment, you know, the floor. Yes. <laughs> you oh get God. up and you go again. I'm like, I don't want to be this when I grow up. <laughs> But dad did the beautiful framework. This is not so <laughs> hard work. It is hard work. Yeah. yeah. It definitely yeah. taught me my work ethic for sure. Yeah, definitely. So are your boys creative? Yeah. Do you they're guys so creative. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's hit or miss. So one of them is like technically creative in that he wants to do things and he needs it to be like A, B, C, D kind of thing, you know, but he is the one that likes to do arts and crafts the most. But it drives me crazy because he is technical with it. And I'm like, this defeats the point, you know, but it doesn't. It's just everyone does it differently. I think he's probably more right. like my sister, who's a little bit more technical, too. Um, but then the other ones are just like literally just art everywhere. And just, you know, my oldest isn't really into it at all. But yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's got to be fun, though. That's got to be yeah. for some fun summer days. It is, it is fun. And so you have all this paint and it's amazing to have all these chalk and clay paints that we didn't have growing up. Right. And you don't have to be too worried about what they're getting into or what kind of mess they're making because it's, it's easy to clean up for the most part. But man, if I was using other kinds of paints, if they get into my acrylics, I'll get a little bit ticked off. I'll be honest. And they'll yeah. get into my spray paints. And that's when yeah. it's... <laughs> Yeah, that could be. <laughs> oh, man, I can't even tell you. They're out back spray painting one day. And I'm just like, I have this old lady that sits in the back and she's just sitting there shaking her head. And I'm like, I swear, <laughs> I swear to let my kids spray paint. <laughs> I even have it in like a locked thing. But the four-year-old, I can't keep them out of anything. Mac found the key, got in, got oh, the spray God. paint. They went spray painting. <laughs> like, we need to be oh. in the country now. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I get that. We don't live in the country, but I wish we did. I grew up in the country and I yeah. love it. 
and it is. It's a very different experience living in neighborhoods. It is. I don't miss the snakes. Um, nope. That's not yeah. a thing. <laughs> yep. So, um, okay. So when you started creating, so this is another thing, you guys. Um, you're, you're not afraid to use, like, just whatever you want to create art. Like, no, you didn't really. Uh, did you ever get nervous about that? Did that, did you ever get held up about the materials you wanted to use? Or has that always been a thing for you where you're just like, I'm just going to use what I want and see what happens? Yeah. Because to me, it's just like, it's just paint. So what happens if it doesn't work? I don't show anybody yet. Right. It goes into my basement with lots of other things that I have hiding down there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and I've got, you know, I've never had an effect that didn't work out. I might have colors that muddied together or, or something, but each time I brought in a new medium or or do anything differently, it's been a learning experience. Yeah. You know, I don't have professional training. I have one year of college art plus every, you know, class you could take growing up and, you yeah. know, that, yeah. you, you know, whatever, photography in high school and things like that, whatever. But, um, you know, I don't have like a professional. So to me, I learn from doing and I want to learn. I want to learn everything. So yeah. I buy everything. Every time I was selling a painting, I'd buy a new medium to play with. And so you just bring it in little by little. Next thing you know, it's just like, oh, I've got a lot of stuff. I should probably start using some of it. <laughs> so what is your favorite? Aside, so aside from like yeah. the clay and the chalk and that mm -hmm. kind of thing, because I know you use a lot of that. And I think yeah. most of us love that because it's just so easy to use. It's so easy. <laughs> but aside from that, what's your favorite? Oh, man, I would say it's a toss between acrylic and oils. I have really, I've really gotten to the oil pastels there for a while. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, really acrylic and oils. It's, it's, it's still paint. Yeah. It's still paint. I don't, I've tried buying, um, you know, more of like the clay stuff and to maybe I'm going to make like, now I'm going to make whatever a figure of a woman instead of painting it and it's just I can't I don't know it's paint I think it's the quick movement I can do mm -hmm. with the paintbrush um I can do less thought I can sit back instead of sitting here and really you know what I mean yeah working on something up close I can sit back with a long handled brush and just whip stuff in a direction and just see where the paint falls and, and there's just something special about that yeah. to me. Oh yeah. Yes. I love to paint and I like, I don't know, it's, there's a lot of things that you can create and do that they just, you have to give it so much time in between the different steps. And yeah. granted, obviously you gotta let it dry, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, you can move it along. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Cause you do jewelry and all sorts of things. Yeah, I do. I, and, and the jewelry, I guess, is probably for me, I guess, Theoretically, I can sit down and make a piece of jewelry start to finish and I don't have to take a break. But um, yeah. the kind of jewelry that I like to make takes a long time and it's really yeah. hard on my hands. So oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I have to yep. break it up because I like Price to work with wire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I have to kind of break it up because I can't, if I work for longer than 45 minutes to an hour doing some of the things that I do, my hands will start to cramp and I have to give yeah. them a break. So I um, that. That yeah. stinks, yeah. I but, had, when I get pregnant, every time uh, um, I would have um, carpal tunnel terrible in my hands. I could barely like painting all that made. It's just horrific. And then finally it's gone now because I can't get pregnant anymore. Woohoo. And um, so all of that, like, so I can't even imagine making jewelry or any of that, even painting or being yeah. in this kind of industry with that kind of pain. Yeah. So. Yeah, it would be bad. I have um, some family members that really struggle with like RA and that kind of thing. And mm, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm so grateful that it's not in my genes. Those are people that are just kind of contingently related to me because yeah. I don't know what I would do if I couldn't use my hands. Oh God. I See, I got, um, was it three, three years ago? Um, I had, I had this unexplained neuropathy in my legs 
and it came all the way and it started in my toes and worked its way up to my knees. And I'm just waiting for it. It's unexplained. They can't get rid of it. I'm on medication every day for it. It's just pins and needles. If I don't take my medicine, it's pins and needles. And some days I get it anyways. And it just hurts. And um, I'm just waiting for it as it slowly creeps up my body that is going to take over my hands too someday. So oh. I, that's why I feel very rushed into doing more, making money, starting new businesses elsewhere to where my money's not laid up in my hands. Yes. What happened? That's so smart. That's so smart to start adding the other things. So that makes perfect sense that that was sort of what motivated you to start doing that. Yes. What, um, how did, how did you, how did you decide what to do? How to start doing these extra things? Cause I know a lot of people are just like, it's sort of beyond them. So what, where did you go with that? To me, it is, you can only make so much money, I feel like, with your art. Mm -hmm. I want revenue coming in from every direction possible. I've got four kids, so if one thing falls flat, it's okay because I've got the buffer of another thing. The kids are only going to get more expensive. And it's it's not, like, I my 10-year-old is about to be 11. The amount of Food. I'm spending like $700 a week in freaking food. It is insane. And now I'm not thrifty. I, I'm not clipping coupons. I'm not, you know what I mean? So yes. I know that it could be much cheaper. But who has time for that? I know. And like, I'd rather create a painting and sell it than sit here and clip coupons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's just a matter of um, every time... I get, and it's part of it is boredom. A part of it is pushing myself, seeing what I'm capable of. Um, Anissa Marie Collective is going to be taking a, a different route coming soon as well. I'm going to be bringing in a lot of different things. Um, but to me, it's like every time you bring in something new, you're just kind of testing it out there, see what lands. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't, it doesn't. And if it does, great. Then you have another revenue and you can maybe let something else go that you're not enjoying anymore. I don't have to take custom orders anymore. And, and it makes me so happy because I'm not stressed. I'm not like kids who have to leave me alone or, um, you know, like if I'm creating and they come in and they throw color on it, it doesn't matter. I no more two, three AMs cause this order has to get out. I won't take an order. And, um, you know, you get a slowly when you bring in other ways to make income, you get to have that. Yeah. Where you're really starting right. to enjoy what you do. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm curious. This, this is a nosy question that would be helpful for me, but also like I tell people all the time in here in our store. Cause so in my store, I've got all these different people who are making things. Some of it's art, some of it's products, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, it retail is hard. Getting people to buy stuff is always hard. Selling has never been this easy thing. That's the reason there were entire careers for people based on how good they were at selling something. Yes. So I'm just like, you know, just because your stuff isn't selling doesn't mean it's not good. Correct. It doesn't mean there's no one out there that wants it. You know, there's all these other reasons. I did a whole, actually last week, I did a whole episode about things that people will believe that will kill their business when it yeah. doesn't have to. You know, yeah. talented people close their businesses all the time because they just... True. They don't know. They don't know that if they stick with it, they're actually really good. Yeah. So you have grown such a community around your art and around what you teach. And it's amazing. How did you start that? What gave you, I guess, maybe the, the courage and the confidence to really start growing that? Um, I don't know that it was a thought. It's not it's not something I went out and just did like that wasn't my goal what happened was I was going through really like just crappy time in my life with my marriage and the art became my therapy. And so I would, you know, each, each time there was a, like a fight with my husband and I, or, you know, and I've, I've explained this a few times before and we are on good terms now and he's a, he's a good man and he's a good husband, but it was a really, really, and we were like best friends, but we were also just the worst of enemies, you know? So it was really hard the dark times would be so dark. And so it made it really hard. So I would just go into the garage and I would just paint my feelings out. And then I would release those paintings. And it was like, oh, this is about my friend, you know, that was going through this. And 
the women related to it because so many women are going through the exact same thing and and nobody was speaking about it um you know of course there's books and movies and and things like that but it was more of I, I that following especially the people from the beginning that will i don't think that i could get rid of them if i wanted to they are just die hard because they have that same like they have that connection from the beginning of when i you know the art sucked it was terrible but it had it invoked a feeling in in them that they couldn't and i couldn't even believe my stuff was selling every time i i'd paint one i'm just like i have no idea why anybody would buy this and they'd buy it and then i kept raising my prices because i couldn't keep them in stock and i'm just like what is wrong with these people and then i'd look at my images and i was embarrassed of them you know and i'm like this is not good and i knew that my audience was limited to the people that had these feelings so i wanted to grow outside of that when i decided i think i want to be a real artist and people are calling me a real artist and i'm kind of like oh that's scary because <laughs> <laughs> i'm not <laughs> that's a lot of pressure <laughs> that is a lot of pressure so i you know then it's kind of fake it till you make it kind of thing yeah but it, it's the feelings behind things i feel like anybody that shows their true self um, and is genuine to their core yeah. and is not afraid. Like I had to get over being afraid to post things, right? I was posting these faceless women that were, were terrible with these feelings and I would get feedback. Of course, once I start growing, you're not gonna, not everyone's going to love you. You just got to take, you just got to know that they're yeah. not going to love you. They're not going to like what you're doing. They're think you're an attention seeker because you're doing these emotional paintings, whatever it is, you know, and it's like, no, what this is doing is allowing me to get out of my marriage. So then I can create a happy place for me and for my kids. And yeah. these women are helping me with that. I was doing right. lives and I was painting um, with my lives. It made me feel less lost, I think. Um, made me feel loved when I didn't feel loved at home by all these women in the community. And so I do these lives to kind of just escape what was there. And it also made my husband take the kids for a little bit so I could have some peace because I was, yeah. you know, working from home. And so when he had to do that then i had like my space and my time and it was quiet and you you know of course they come streaking in you know butt naked and, mom save me <laughs> dad's making me go to bed yeah but when i had that support of the women and i was doing it live like that um more women wanted to learn to paint as well and what it allowed is people that have never painted before to pick up a brush and to try painting and yeah. and it was so beginner friendly that we were able to um just just start out together and i had enough people that wanted to learn more and more and i never wanted to teach ever um it's just it's a lot of pressure and i just wanted to do it for fun but then you know you get enough and you're showing so much online i'm like i, I guess i'll see yeah what a membership group could do yeah. and that membership group is what allows me to pay for a mortgage yeah and a nice home for my kids nice yeah. enough needs were done <laughs> and you know it's so funny because you've you've said that before i remember when when we met last year you made a comment you're like oh i hate to teach and like, I almost just like laughed out loud because I was just like, what? You're so good at it. So, so here's what happened with that. I went through a phase where I, I hated it and I resented it because I was, I don't have it in me to not give a hundred and million percent. So like when I'm teaching in my group, it got to be more and more and more and more. And I was giving so much of myself to the group. It was taking away from me actually being able to create pieces anymore. I couldn't grow because I was teaching all the time. Yeah. And then I started to get really just frustrated with it. And yeah. I'm actually reopening my group today. And it's going to be formatted differently. And I've got it and I've got somebody on it. I've got my friend Priya. She's, she is my new boss and she is making sure I stick to, to what it is, you know, like 
you can't be my everything because my group can't be my everything because I have kids and they're my everything and they were suffering for it. But I needed that group to grow so we could get out and have a happy life. And that happened. And then, you know, keeping up with it and then being the single mom on top of it. Yeah. Just was taken away from the kids. And that's when I started to resent it. Yeah. Yeah. And you never need to, you never need to feel like you have to have to do that or feel like you're having to resent what you're dealing with. But I will say, it's funny because when you said that and I started paying attention because I mean, I'm, and you guys, I'm in, I'm in her membership group and I will continue to be in her membership group no matter what it takes because um, I, I was that beginner. Yeah. I had, never paint, I had done paint and pours like, you know, like you go yeah. out with your friends and you drink and you paint sure. or whatever, but like I had never like painted just to like to do it. Um, and I had had gone through another miscarriage and I was struggling and I needed a project. And so that was my project. I was like, I'm, I'm going to paint. I'm going to join this membership group. And of course I joined the membership group without having any supplies at first. Yeah. And then, so I'm just like watching a few videos here and there. And um, I was intimidated to actually try to do one of your tutorials. So I tried to figure out kind of what you were doing and do something different so that I wasn't comparing apples to apples. <laughs> <laughs> then I couldn't feel bad about it. You know, like I was like, well, I can't say that, oh, it doesn't look right because if I'm making something that doesn't yeah, look like what I she made, that. you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was kind of how I started. And then I started doing your tutorials because you're so good at showing all the different steps, but it's very possibly because you don't set out to teach that you're so good at it. You just let people see what you're doing. And if I you mess up, you let us know that yeah. you're going to mess up. You're going to mess up a lot. And that's totally OK. And here's what you could do with that big blob that you just created. I mean, yeah. like, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, I just really make things up as I go and literally say what's in my head as I'm doing it. So it's not like I have this and, you know, you go and you take classes like professional classes. I don't consider my classes professional. It is you're really watching and I'm explaining what I'm doing. Um, but I don't have, I'm not going to have a color list. Um, that is telling you, you're going to put this color on at this point and things like that. It's find what you have. That's closest, find this value, a medium value here and, and put it down. See if you like it and whatever it might be. Yeah. You know? And so I feel like that's easy for beginners, but it's very hard for people that are structured. Yeah. Um, they're like, they need their color list. They need to know when that eyeball is going on to that person um, rather than just like, all right, we're over here doing the background. Now let's do, the, you know, it's just not yeah. on. Yeah. On format. Different people that work different ways are going to want to mm-hmm. learn different ways. Like I totally get that. But, yeah. Um, I personally Definitely not for everybody. Teach. Yeah. I personally love the way you teach because it works for me because I don't want someone to tell me. This is what yeah. you got to do. And if it's not like that, it's wrong. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I, like, I like I like the way you're like, you know, put your own thing on it. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. good, because I don't like that color. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. But I mean, you know, sometimes it's fun just to change it, just to make it, it is. different. It is fun. And it's got to be boring. And the, the, how I feel is like with creatives, I'm like, why do you guys want to do what I'm teaching? Then we're all putting the same thing out there. So I love it when people switch it up. But some people need to learn that exact thing. And then they can go and create their own thing, you know. Exactly. Exactly. And I know last, I guess, I don't, you know, I don't know. The past, what, the past year plus has been crazy. So I don't remember exactly when this was. But I remember you sort of went through a few months there where you were really teaching us a lot about values. Like Uh different values and whatnot. And that was so helpful. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just so useful, like an actual skill that could be applied not just to that painting, but mm-hmm. whatever you wanted to do with every it, single, you know? yeah, exactly. But you know, I could totally see where you felt overwhelmed because you definitely over deliver. That's for I, sure. So this time, <laughs> I am going to be, I'm not going to over deliver because, and I'm just going to make that as a note, you guys. If I'm over delivering, it's, it's taken away from my kids. So you guys, let me know. That's good. That so that's I just good. have to keep structured. I've never had, you know, like it's going to be Fridays at 10 a.m. because my kids are gone. You know, it's got to be worked with my kids schedule. They're only gone Thursday nights and Fridays Um, and then sometimes Saturdays. But I I can't do so many games and stuff on Saturdays. Yeah. That is a loss for you. Um, I love that. I love. So did you did 
did you ever reach a point in that? So like you definitely, the whole process, you didn't set out and go, oh, this is what I'm going to do. At what point during that process did you realize, oh, wow, okay, this is going to be full-time income and I can do this and I can do this and really actually start trying to take it to the next level, if that makes sense. And it not simply being organic when you had to start taking maybe steps to step it up. Yeah. Um, I think it was in order to get my, to, to get a mortgage, mm-hmm. I had to have three years of consistent income. And so that's why I was very like the, the membership group was that for me. I could go back and prove cons- consistent income. Um, to, in order to get that exactly three years, I think it was like two and a half or something like that. Uh, I can't remember how long, have I, I don't know how long I've had the group, but I did all the tutorials and I did all of the um, one-on-ones. Like they were $75 class tutorials. Yes. And it was like, so they were all private little ones. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to do it all at once or whatever. So anyways, that's when I realized that this can be, this can be an actual real income because I was able to do it. I couldn't believe when I got approved and, um, and I, then that's when I realized I've been doing this for three years. I mean, I knew I was getting close, but yeah, that made me feel like a real, like I have a real career. Yeah. That's cool. Stay at home mom that made nothing and I can buy my own house. Yeah. So that's incredible. So you did, so you got your painting, you started doing prints and reproductions and did you have, you didn't have to seek anybody out, did you? Cause you were next door to, to someone who was able to hook you up with all that. Yeah. So, um, my, when I had my studio in Paola, um, I actually set up right next door to Jessica and Bobby. It's a print shop, little mom pop print shop. And they, I, so I just go over there with them and we learned the process together with art. So, um, they are now the, uh, printers for our bubble gum yum. So they are partners for Bubblegum Yum decoupage papers with me. And it was a lot of trial and error. And so, yeah. and that's what, it, that's what it's all about. It's like I'm able to feed as many tables as you can and collaborate yeah. with other businesses and other small businesses, especially, mm-hmm. and just see where it takes you. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, so then, yeah, so then you have Bubblegum Young, because that was going to be next, my next thing. So that's yeah. awesome. And um, we carry that here in our store now, too. And right. that was exciting. We worked on, um, I actually did, it's so funny. I've been holding on to this piece forever, just because I hadn't had time to work on it, honestly. And this week, we were doing a thing. And so I, I did that piece and put it on a table. And I loved it. It was awesome. So it was exciting. Yeah, we are coming out with a new product soon for us. Um, the paper will be just a little bit different and you guys going to love it. So awesome. Yeah. And then now the paints. So like this is this is awesome that you've got all these things going on. Do you still see? Um, well. What do you see happening over the next few years for you and your business? Do you do you see the way you spend your time changing? Yes. Um, I see myself more kind of like my dad now, um, as he is, you know, he was, he changed positions cause he was in a, um, car wreck and it has made him unable to, of course, there's been times where he's like, get out of my way. I'll do it right. Kind of thing. You know, he is like, you do you want something done right. You do it yourself. And that's how I was raised as well. You know, just what it is I have the same attitude and so now he's like the big boss man on the sites and he'll be like go he's like you can't find anyone to work like we do and I'm like I know (laughs) I know um but I see myself as like him where um I am kind of overseeing different elements and I'm able to you know I think maybe this is my dream not necessarily where I see myself I want to be able to have work and have my kids and there's no overlapping there. I'm a hundred percent with my kids when I'm with them. I'm a hundred percent at work when I'm at work. And, um, and that is the balance I'm aiming for. And I think that I can get there within a couple of years. Cause right now it's like, you, I can't find the time. So I'm downstairs when the kids go to bed, it, whether it's my day starts at nine o'clock or, you know, at night, 
or midnight and then I'm working through the night and that's just not healthy. No. So I see myself kind of just being more of the boss man and creating the pieces that I really want to create. Yeah. And just to um, become more of a brand rather than just not like it's not a bad thing, just an artist. Like I want to be an artist plus these other things as well. So. And that's really, I mean, honestly, that's how you make it happen when you're, when you're trying to create a full-time income, because like you said, there's only, you only have so many hours in a day. So no matter what you're doing, if all you're doing is producing a product, there is a limit. (laughs) And I don't want to work summers. I want to spend summers with my kids. Um, They were supposed to, I was supposed to give them this summer, but then all that happened with, you know, I got hacked and everything and had to start everything all over again. It just, it's not going to happen this summer, but I do give them like Monday through Wednesday of my time. And then, um, so my goal is like no weekend, but it's like you go through phases as an artist and a creative where you can't create. There's a block, but we have to force ourselves right now because that's our money. That's our income. If I'm not creating, I'm not making money. Right. I don't want that. I want to have that balance of, okay, I'm going through a block, so it's fine. I don't have to create because I have income coming in elsewhere. Yeah. And when we get to that point where it's like, okay, I have to create in order to make money, the quality of our work suffers too, because our head's not, you know, our heart's not in it the way. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's a, it's a tough balance to strike. And then you add family into the mix and it's, it's a lot, it's a lot up in the air. It sure is. Yeah. Um, And that is something else that I've been trying to figure out not just with you, but like with other people, the topic that I'm kind of wanting to touch on because we're, we're dead in the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. So it's sales are hard right now. Right. I mean, it's summertime. People are going so on vacations. They're spending money on experiences. They're going places, doing things. They're not shopping right now. Yep. They're not spending a lot of money. So those of us who are essentially in retail, we're selling any kind of a product. It's a hard time. It is hard. And I know for a lot of people, this is when those negative thoughts, right, that make that make you start questioning, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I need to go back and work a job where I work for somebody else. Or maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to do that. Or we just get desperate to make money. And that starts to show up in the way we talk to people. And like, you never really want that either because, you know, it's not. It's just not good for business. But I'm always curious, like when that happens, or how, how do you handle that? Because I feel like we all have different ways of, yeah, of approaching. So what I will do is, so and especially like when social media falls flat, um, you know, where the algorithms are not in support of businesses and you're like, well, I can't sell if my stuff's not getting seen. I was like 2% of my audience was getting seen before I was hacked. I was like, you know what? This is maybe the best thing that ever happened to me <laughs> starting over because now like 75% of my audience is seeing it. So I actually have more people seeing my artwork with 2,900 followers as I did 21,000 followers, you know? Yeah. And so, um, it is. You, you go through those phases of where you're not selling. It's hard. It's so hard. Um, that's when you find another source of revenue. There's always something out there. Find a different target audience. Paint something different. Paint something that's going to shock people. Paint a naked lady. Paint, paint something ridiculous. Get people to see you and see your work. Write a poem with it. Do something different instead of keep trying to push your stuff out there. Really put some thought into something. Make an advertisement for it. Target who you want to be targeted. And um, even if it's like just a small percentage, you know, just a tiny bit of money, you change up your audience. Target an audience that is probably home shopping on their phones. You can target everything. Yep. So do you probably use Facebook ads? Sounds like maybe. Yeah, it's through the Facebook ads. I, you know, just want to say after like my Facebook was hacked, but it also was came in an entire identity theft thing. But what happened, so I just want to say, if you're going to do Facebook ads, you should do it on like a Visa prepaid card, just so nothing, don't do it through your PayPal, don't do it through anything else, a prepaid card, so they can't start going into all of your accounts that are associated with what you have there. Yeah. 
So I just wanted to put that in there because I don't want to say to do yeah, that and then regret and it. You did. So you you went through all this this summer. And if I recall correctly, because I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but the video, you had someone come and talk about it. That was on your actual business page though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Shane, so is, can see that. Yep. Shane has um, been a godsend for me. He has helped me really make sure I'm secure moving forward. Yeah. So. Yeah, and he's, he's incredibly intelligent. That's a really good resource for anybody that's looking that up. I know yeah. we had, um, we got, and I say we got hacked, not to that extent, not, mm -hmm. not anything like what you had. And honestly, it would have been a lot worse had it not happened at a time when I was literally online and figured out how to stop them before they were able to do anything. Yeah. But yeah. I had some things set up in the background that I know most people don't realize they should probably have. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it can be it can be devastating. There's there have been several people that have had just their whole everything that they've worked for several years building just yeah. taken away. Yep. And it's that's that's tough. It is devastating. It's hard to bounce from, back from. They say small businesses are targeted for a reason. It's because we don't have the security, the money for the security that we need to have. Right. And so when we're targeted you know, they're not going, you know, they're not going after the $5,000 in your bank account. They're, they're going after your identity. And once you panic and realize you've been hacked, you're going into all your stuff. And then they're just sitting there and they're taking all that information, watching everything. And so then you're really, really screwed. But it's a lot um, to deal with. I hope nobody else ever goes through it again. Yeah, I know that's, that's, that stinks. But that was great that you, that you took what you went through when you shared it with people to help them because that's, People don't know until someone tells them. So yeah, I think exactly. That, but I think it's great that you shared that with everybody. So, and we will definitely have links to all of your current stuff where people can find you now and what you're doing and see what's happening with your groups and everything too, because that's just, that's awesome. So the other thing too, you were talking about the way that you connected with people was that you were just yourself. You, you know, you came on, you talked about what was going on with you or, you know, what was going on with a friend and sharing, you know, yeah. a lot of emotion. At the same time, I know that you're very protective of, of you know, your kids, mm -hmm. your life, your person, you know, you know, your personal stuff. Do you have to consciously strike a balance there between what you want to share and what you don't want to share? Is that something you give a lot of time to or does that boundary just come naturally to you? Um, I think it's natural to me. I've got to think about what my kids will grow up in here one day and what yeah. I want them to hear. Um, and, you know, kids aren't stupid. Kids know a lot more than we give them credit for. Um, there, there's a balance of them hearing what's happened and, or hearing what, what all the past has been and why mommy left daddy. And, you know, I think it's okay to show them this. I want them to know what is expected in a marriage and that that was not healthy. What they witnessed at home, that wasn't, that's not a normal marriage. And mommy was strong enough to leave that situation. And, um, you know, they resent me for it right now, but someday I hope that they grow up and, and, and they see, but they also don't need to hear it all and everything um, as well, because you need, they need to grow up to love their father as well and to respect him. Yeah. So there is a, a fine line, you know, uh, of all of that. If they ever come and ask me someday, you know, I'll be open and honest when they're ready, but it is, you just have to protect um, their ears and protect what maybe a mother from their school hears and something like that. You know what I mean? So there is that balance of anything and it, it comes natural to me as far as when to shut down. That's good. So that's good. Cause I do know people who, who struggle <laughs> with, with when to, with when to stop it and then they go yeah. too far and then they regret it because once you put it out there, you can't take it back. You can't take it back. You yeah. can go <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> but that's great. I think that's yeah. great that you think about your kids that way too. My parents, um, my parents divorced when I was young. And um, it was not nasty or anything, but it's like yeah. you said, that the things that other people will say to your kids that maybe you didn't want to tell them, but because yeah. it's out there and people know, then they're telling your kids about it. Yeah. Um, you know, learned a lot of things as a teenager about my parents that I'm sure they would have preferred. They could have told me themselves maybe five or six years later. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a shame that that happens, that there are people out there that that don't understand boundaries themselves, but I think it's correct. We've figured out that balance. Yeah, um, for sure. What to share, what not to share, that kind of thing. Yeah. 
Well, I always wrap up with some rapid fire questions just for the fun of it. Okay. So are you, number one, what's your favorite snack food? I'll be honest. I don't snack. <laughs> you don't snack? I don't snack. Coffee. <laughs> Coffee. Hey, that's, that's fair. I mean, that probably qualifies with mine too. <laughs> I drink coffee all day, all day, every day. I get made fun of for it a lot. Yep. All right. Survival. Yeah. Um, are you reading anything right now? No. No. I Do wish. You, are you watching anything fun on TV or anywhere? I don't watch TV. Smart. Yep. I don't have the time <laughs> don't for blame it. You. If I had the time for either of those two things, it would be reading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you listen to podcasts? If so, do you have a favorite? Um, I don't. I do like um how the house I built. I listen to that one. Okay. If I listen to them. I, I'm a music person. What's your favorite band? Um, it just really depends. I like a lot of country, but I also like Bebe Rexa, if you know okay. who she is. Yeah. Um, she sings a lot of like um, stuff that I think is mentally empowering. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big um, Kelly Clarkson and Pink fan. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. are like my, my power music. I'm kind like, of pistol panties um, for the most part. But, oh, yeah. I love pistol Annie's. Yes, yeah. that's a good one. That's a good one. Yep. If time and money and resources, if none of that was of any consequence, where would you go tomorrow? That's a great question. I have no idea. I've not even thought about that for a minute of my life because it's never been on the radar with the kids and things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't have any dreams and ambitions to travel anywhere specifically. Yeah. Just to get out someday. I'd love to go to Ireland. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I ask that question every single time because I think it's a good question. And I think it, it can be great potentially telling, right? Mm -hmm. But then um, I remember when I had Dion on the podcast, she turned around and asked me the same question. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know my answer. But no, I think I came up with Greece. I think I finally decided that. It, uh, that it was, was going to be my next one. That's like Greece. possibly Greece. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I'm like, I don't even have time to make it home to see my parents two hours yeah. away. Like, <laughs> this traveling's not I on the it. radar. <laughs> I get it. I love spending time with my family. And see, that's the other thing, too, that every now and then it's like, oh, really? I've got nothing to do and it doesn't matter if I need money. I probably just want to spend a day hanging out with my family Yeah. because um, <laughs> they're only 45 minutes from me. But it's it can still feel hard sometimes to get together. Um, it can be so hard. Well, that's all my questions. Thank you very much for, yeah, for, doing for this having me. I enjoyed this. this a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like I know you better now, too. I know. It's good to fun. see you. <laughs> That's all for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Remember to check out the Makers Chat community so you can dive deeper into the conversation. You'll find the link to join in our show notes. Have a beautiful week and we will chat again soon.